Romans chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Well, thank you, Gillian, for that reading, and good morning, everyone. It's great to be speaking to you today. If we haven't met before, my name's Sophie, and I'm on the staff team here at St. Saviour's. And today we are continuing our series, Keys to Faith, and we're exploring this passage that Gillian read to us from the book of Romans, which is one of the letters in the New Testament written by Paul the Apostle. And you may have noticed that our passage started with a question. Paul asks, what should we say then? And this tells us that our passage is a continuation from what Paul is writing about earlier in his letter. Before this, Paul presents a problem, and he follows this by a solution. And the passage that we're looking at today is a response And with that in mind, I want to explore all three, the problem, the solution, and the response, which we could summarize as sin, grace, and new life in Christ. So let me pray for us as we start. Father, we thank you that you are here by your spirit, and we pray that you would speak to us now as we explore these themes in the book of Romans of sin, grace, and new life in Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I once heard a prayer that went something like this. Dear God, so far today I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. But in a few minutes... I'm going to get out of bed, and from then on, I'm going to need a lot more help. If we're being honest with ourselves, I'm sure that we can all relate to that. At least I know that I can, even on my better days. And this is the problem that Paul presents in his letter. He says that everybody, all of us, do things wrong. And in the first chapter of Romans, Paul gives some examples of this, like greed, envy, strife and gossip. It's so easy for these to become part of our daily lives. And this, Paul says, is a problem because it gets between us and God. 
And perhaps some of us know that we make mistakes, we know that we get things wrong, but overall we feel that we try to be a good person and live a good life, and we're not doing too badly. And that might be true, but the truth is that we're all capable of both good and bad. None of us are perfect. I'm sorry to say it, but it's true. Paul explains that all, in other words, each and every one of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the glory of God was revealed in the person of Jesus. And however well we might try to live, there's no doubt that we all fall short of his example. So that's the problem that Paul presents to us, that we all get things wrong. We've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And this gets between us and God. But the good news is that his message doesn't stop there. Paul presents a solution. A key theme within the book of Romans is that we are justified by faith. The dictionary defines justification as the action of showing something to be right or reasonable. But this word has a far more specific definition in this context in Romans. A really simple way to think of justification in this context is this, just as if I had never sinned. Nicky Gumbel explains that when you put your faith in Jesus, you are justified, you are freed, you are declared righteous in his sight. Sin no longer separates you from God. You can live in a right relationship with God. This, he says, is justification. And Paul explains in his letter that Justification is a gift freely given by the grace of God. We are made right by God, not by what we do, not by how we live, but because of what God has done for us. Justification isn't something that we can earn by good works, by living a good life. It is a gift freely given by the grace of God. We are justified by faith not by works. And Paul explains that this is possible because of what Jesus did for us, for you and me, on the cross. Jesus died for our sins. He took all the things that we've done wrong upon himself. And because of that, we are free. Because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we are justified. We are made right with God's. One article explains that what Jesus did for us on the cross is like a multifaceted diamond. It is so big that no one explanation or description can tell the whole story. And we definitely can't tell the whole story today, but this is one of the facets of what Jesus did for us, for you and me. So Paul presents a problem that we all get things wrong. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And he follows this with a solution that we are justified by faith. This isn't something that we can earn by good works, by living a good life. It is a gift freely given by the grace of God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. 
What is our response to this good news? Well, this is where the passage that Gillian read to us comes in. Paul says that there should be a response. He writes this, Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. There's this phrase that says that the only exercise that some people get is jumping to the wrong conclusions. And Paul here is concerned that his readers will jump to the wrong conclusion, believing that because justification's a gift freely given by the grace of God, we can go on living however we like. But instead, Paul challenges us that as a response to the justification that we have received by faith, we should live differently. And Paul gives a picture of baptism to help illustrate this. I have a goddaughter called Esther, and Esther got baptized earlier this month, and it was such a joyful celebration. It was such a blessing to be there to celebrate with her on that special day. But one of the things that baptism represents is new life. Baptism is a picture of death and resurrection, death from our old life and being raised to new life in Jesus. And in his book, Baptism, Michael Green explains that the Christian life is the baptismal life. It's all about dying and rising with Jesus. And this is what Paul tells us in our passage. There is a response to the free gift of justification that we have received by faith. We should respond by dying to our old life and entering new life with Jesus. And it is really, really important to understand that this is not something that we have to do. Justification by faith is a gift freely given, as we've said. It's not something that we can earn based on works. I'll go as far as to say that that is a fundamental truth of the gospel. But this new life is how we should respond to this good news. And in this new life, we find freedom. Paul uses the emotive language in that passage of being slaves or captives of sin and finding freedom in this new life. I've never understood the offside rule in football. It's been explained to me multiple times by Simon and by my dad, and I've even watched YouTube videos to help get my head around it, and it is simply beyond me. But what's clear is that parameters in football, like the offside rule, are important. Where would the referee be without them? Without these parameters, there would be injuries and arguments and utter chaos. There's way more freedom to play within them. Recently in the Bible, in one year, um, it referred to an episode of Thomas the Tank Engine that pictures Thomas having fallen off the train tracks, and he's on his side. And Thomas is shouting, I'm free, I'm free, I've fallen off the tracks and I'm free. But the reality, of course, is that Thomas was far more free on the tracks, in line with how he was created to function. We might think that there's more freedom living in this old life, 
But we are far more free when we live in this new life with Jesus, which is how we are created to function. Yet while this is true, it is easier said than done, isn't it? Since putting my faith in Jesus, I continue to relate to that prayer that I shared earlier about doing all right until getting out of bed and then needing a lot more help. There are some things that have totally lost their hold on me since I put my faith in Jesus. I used to drink excessively in social situations to gain confidence, and I knew that it was having an extremely damaging effect on both myself and the people around me. And that stopped the moment that I put my faith in Jesus. But there are many, many things that I continue to struggle with. Justification happens instantly. We are made right with God instantly by faith. But sanctification, which means the process of becoming like Jesus, is a lifelong process. There might be things that lose their power quickly in our lives, but there will be things that are a continual challenge for us. But the good news is that we are not left on our own to try to live this new life because we have the gift of prayer and we have the presence of the Holy Spirit. It feels right the day before the funeral of Queen Elizabeth to share something that she said in one of her many, many inspirational speeches. In 2013, she said this. For Christians... Prayer helps us to renew ourselves in God's love as we strive daily to become better people. Through prayer, God helps us by the Holy Spirit to renew ourselves daily as we seek to live this new life. This process of sanctification, of becoming more like Jesus is only possible by the power and with the help of the Holy Spirit. One commentary writes that the more we are, we are ruled by the Holy Spirit, the more we are able to do what is right. In order to live this baptismal life, this new life with Jesus, we need to come daily to God in prayer, where we will be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. So in his letter, Paul presents a problem that we all get things wrong. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And this separates us from God. And he follows this with a solution that we are justified by faith, by the grace of God, because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And this is a gift freely given. It's not something that we can earn by works. But as a response to what Jesus has done for us, Paul challenges us to leave behind our old lives and to live a new life in Jesus, free from the captivity of sin. And of course, as we've said, this is not easy, but we're not left on our own to work this out because we have the gift of prayer and we have the presence of the Holy Spirit who lives in us and who will strengthen us. 
Perhaps you're here today and you're new to church, or perhaps you've never put your faith in Jesus. And this is the first time that you're hearing of this good news of the grace of God made possible because Jesus died for you on the cross. And if that's you, I encourage you today to invite Jesus into your life. I promise you that it is the best decision that you could possibly make. Or maybe you're here today and you've been a Christian for a long time. And as I've been speaking, something has come to your mind that you feel held captive by and you long for freedom. And if you relate to that, I encourage you to seek that freedom today in prayer by the power of the Holy Spirit who will strengthen you. And maybe you have never told anyone that thing that you're struggling with. And if that is you, I encourage you today to perhaps commit to talking to a trusted friend about it because there can be so much power in that as well. Would you like to stand? And I'd love to invite the band to come up. And if you do relate to either of those things, we would love to pray for you. I'll be over by the sofas at the side, um, so I would love to pray for you if you would like prayer or do share with somebody that you came with, perhaps, that you trust. And let me pray for us as we move into this time of worship, just simply to invite the Spirit to come and meet with us. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are here by your Spirit. And we pray that ancient prayer now, come Holy Spirit. We pray that you would speak to us now. We thank you for that good news that we are justified by faith because of what you did for us on the cross. That is a gift freely given not something that we could ever earn by works. We thank you for your grace. This is amazing, amazing news. And we are so thankful. And we pray for your help, Lord, to live that new life with Jesus, not because we have to, but as a response to what you have done for us, out of your goodness and your generosity and your love. And Father, if there is anything um, perhaps that has, has come to mind as, as we've been speaking, I pray that you would just prompt us to bring it to you in prayer and to seek freedom. And I thank you that you are with us by your spirit, that you strengthen us. All things are possible with you. And Father, if we've never heard that good news before, if this is all new um, to us and we've never put our faith in you, I thank you that there's just a really simple prayer that we can pray to make that decision today. Sorry, thank you, please. Sorry, Lord Jesus, for the things that we've done wrong. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for us. Please, Lord, come into our life. Meet us by your Holy Spirit now and help us as we enter that new life in you.
come, Holy Spirit, we pray.